Sister Light with Mickey and Willie. Good evening and welcome to this strange life. Hey, strangers, I'm Mickey, CBT fag, and uh, he's back. The boy, the kid, the kid. <laughs> Good to be back. Good to be back in the saddle. This is Willie. Are you still the real deal? Yeah, back to the real deal. <laughs> 2019, the real deal. And uh, I think becoming a bit of a regular now, our third wheel, uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, nobody told me I wasn't actually needed today, so I just turned <laughs> up anyway. Uh, no, my, you were. Oh, I was. Yeah, okay. you're meant to be here. Okay. Yeah. That was, uh, no, that was my uh, stab at humour. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, self-depreciating humour. My name's James Newman. I'm a writer. I live in Bangkok. And uh, a habitual <laughs> sunglasses wearing inside kind of guy. I like well, it. Well, these it's guys cool. can't see, so I can wear whatever I like. He's an author. <laughs> He's an author. He's a cool one. Um, so, yeah, so second time on the show, we've got uh, author and documentarian uh, William Ramsey. How are you doing, William? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. Good to be here. Uh, I know. It's great to have you, man. Um, I know it's getting a bit late there. How, how are things over there? Where, where are you? You're West Coast, right? West Coast. Aside from, uh, you know fires and rain oh shit yeah uh you know other than that it's pretty good what what are the, what are the conspiracy theories surrounding the fires are there any well there well i don't know if there's really the one for the the one that happened in malibu but there people are talking about directed energy weapons from yeah, northern california yeah. so i don't know much about that so i could not say anything conclusively but um there's something to say about managing what you know these uh public lands these state and federal lands and try to keep this kind of tinder off so you know they people really don't get freaked out until there are massive damages from uh, these fires so the one in the one in malibu was off the charts i mean it burned everything down to the ground it actually crossed the pch and yeah. burnt burnt bushes on the beach and like so a lot of rich people's houses too yeah, so $1,500 million, $2 million, $3 million, $10 million houses are gone. And then it rained and washed away all the topsoil. And now Malibu looks like it did in primeval times without any human beings. It literally washed all the topsoil away. Oh and now it just looks like a desert. It's incredible. And now there's landslides, uh, isn't there? There's Correct. Some, yeah. yeah, so they had landslide warnings oh. shut down PC, PCH. So, yeah. It's, what, uh, what's PC, it's Pacific a, Coast Highway? Oh, nice. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the coastal highway that runs alongside Malibu. Classic. It's kind of the main You'll see it in a lot of movies, the piece of, driving down the yeah. PCH. It's in a lot of rap songs, too. Right. <laughs> so wait, landslides. Sure. That's going down now? Landslides freak me out, man. Yeah, they sinkholes. The, there's a lot landslide. of them here. We get a lot in Asia. Well, the, landslides and pretty deadly. Yeah, you know, they had one when they had the big fire last year. It was 2017. The one that uh, came close to Santa Barbara. The landslides came after the fires and the rain brought the landslides and it killed like 15 or 20 people. Damn. Wow. Well. Yeah, yeah and very, sinkholes are weird as shit, man. Those are, yeah, when they maybe. open up just in the middle of nowhere and they swallow houses and cars and shit. Oh, there, yeah. Do you think? Are you guys in? You guys in Bangkok proper? Yeah, yeah, right in the middle, right in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're we're built on canals and stuff here. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure there's a lot of sort of voids and space. I mean, you see the odd story in Bangkok about pavements just collapsing. Right. Um, That might might be some shoddy engineering as well. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a mixture. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, um, William, we had uh, you know Mark Devlin, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were talking about you. We had him. We, we haven't put the episode out yet, actually, but we had him on the show about a week ago, and uh, we were talking about the origins of the smiley face. And um, so maybe that's a good good place to kick off because I I know that there's a new show coming out on the Oxygen Network, um, in in the US, which is which has really stirred the pot up again and got people talking about the subject again. Uh, other yes. updates. Well, there's a lot of updates. Actually, some remarkable things happen. I was not aware. When I was writing my documentary, which published in October of 2016, I tried to get in touch with, kind of get in touch with Gannon and Gilbertson. I called Gilbertson's office at the, at the university the, he worked at. retired detectives, right? Correct. So the original, for people who don't know, the smiley face killer theory was, uh, was, was basically created by three guys. It was uh, two... To, New York detectives Gilbert, I mean Gannon and Duarte, who saw a pattern, and then they met up with a fellow traveler who saw a pattern, who I think was a uh, Gilbertson's a criminologist in Wisconsin, and he's a doctor. So they were the ones who really coined the term "smiley face killers" because they noticed there was a correlation between 
these disappearances and water deaths, I wouldn't call them drownings, these disappearances and, and finding of young men in water with this symbol of the smiley face. And so this phenomenon got the name the smiley face killers. And uh, this phenomenon goes back 20, 25 years, started probably in the 90s. And there was a kind of a year, like a victim zero's name was uh, McNeil. He was a Fordham University student in New York City who disappeared out of a bar and was found in a water treatment facility. Uh, and that, that was really kind of uh, one of the first cases. So that's what's known as the smiley face killers. So these guys have now popped up. I never talked to them, but now they kind of popped onto the scene and they're going to be on the oxygen network talking about these cases. And, uh, it's pretty remarkable for a lot of reasons, but they've popped up and actually the story of their, uh, you know, uh, show is, uh, hit the drudge report today. So that's a huge amount of exposure. Probably one of the number one websites in the world wow. was featured with this story. Yeah. So, and the first show is tomorrow. Right now, it's uh, October eighteenth, soon to be the nineteenth. So, the, I mean, sorry, January, January eighteenth, <laughs> soon to be the nineteenth. But so the first show will be tomorrow, and it's featuring. They broke it down into six different episodes featuring um, all cases that I studied, and one of the main cases that I studied really closely was the disappearance of Dakota James in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's the big and me, Right, and so me and my chief researcher, Jim Smith, we were both watching these people. And Jim Smith has probably seen 20 to 30 young men disappear, follow their disappearance, only to be found later in water. And for me, my first disappearance and found in water was a young man by the name of Joy Labute out of Columbus, Ohio. But I really followed Dakota James because he fit the profile of all these cases where they're younger, they're out at a bar drinking and uh, disappear. But what was odd about Dakota James is that he disappeared for 40 days. So they couldn't find his body. And then they found it pre in a previously searched area. So Dakota James and that family is featured in this oxygen thing. And they, um, some people associated with the family reached out to me when he disappeared. So, you know, I had known all these cases. So for me, it was a, you know, fairly, I was fairly close to a lot of this stuff, and they just actually had a press conference, which was incredible. It was really an incredible moment because it featured the mother of Dakota James, Pam James, and the original detective, who is Gannon, and what they did is went and got a second opinion from <clears throat> famed forensic pathologist Cyril Wecht. Everybody kind of knows Cyril Wecht. He's made comments about uh, the the John F. Kennedy assassination. He's made comments about um, John Benet Ramsey, and he looked into the actual state for uh, state autopsy materials and noticed that there was a ligature mark on the body of Dakota James that the state forensic pathologist never noted. So it was a really amazing event that was not covered by the national media, and that should have been a nationwide, if not international, uh, story because. Cyril Wecht really is probably him and this blood spatter guy, Lee, are probably the two best-known forensic pathologists in the world, at least in the U.S. So really uh, amazing, incredible events have happened very shortly within the last two or three weeks on the Smiley Face Killers. Had the body been in water for 40 days? or had it? Well, they're saying no. You know, there's a right. lot that... It's very interesting because these guys, Gannon and Gilbertson, have a lot of information. They published a book called Case Studies in Forensic Drownings, where they put a lot of detailed forensic materials studying 14 cases. And they have a lot of information. It's interesting because, um, well, they're saying at least about the body that it wasn't in the, in the water for that long. It didn't show <clears throat> damage of uh, to a body that would happen for 40 days. Typically... Uh, people who drowned surface very soon. They actually come to the top right. uh, because the body in de decomposition gases. and yeah, gases and everything, the body breaks down. So it's very unusual to have. And if you look at these forensic graphs of bodies in water, the outlier really is 20 days um, mm. typically before they find it. And they had a massive search for Dakota James, which I watched from the internet. You know, you could see it day by day. They brought out the underwater divers and stuff and that's very common in a lot of these cases these underwater divers are looking for the bodies and they don't find them so dakota james and i show in my documentary that they searched the area where dakota james was found the night before he was found on a monday morning so that sunday 
that weekend, they looked for him in this island that was down the Ohio River. But um, so, yeah, to answer your question, he, uh, according to the information that I have, he was not in the water for 40 days. And is that typical of the rest of the um, victims as well? Were they... oh, a lot of them. Yeah. Very much that, very many that they have, like, been able to, to search. That seems like that they were placed in the water. Mm. And did, did they and do... not drown. And that's a common mis- misconception of these cases is that they're drowned that they drowned in water, or in the water that they're found in. And has there been uh, toxicology reports on all these, um, you know... Well, there's been tons of toxicology reports. Well, actually, I take that back. There, there were toxicology reports on many of the cases that Gannon and Gilbertson studied. Mm. But actual real toxicology on some of the more recent cases, I'm not aware of. I'm not yeah. aware of... Because GHB's uh, probably, I, I think, is, is a likely candidate to to perhaps subdue these people and you know the date rape sort of drug uh, but right. I know and that's that, what, that goes out your system really quickly i think you know that from experience right. well it's <laughs> actually in, yeah, it's it actually, actually in, no. it's actually endogenous it's part of the your human composition so yeah, really that. what it is is an overload of something that's already in your body so the body will process it out you're correct but in the original studies by Gannon and gilbertson they found uh preponderance of ghb associated with uh, many of the cases no doubt so are you expecting anything earth shattering coming out of this this oxygen network uh, documentary what what are your expectations well i actually have i've been surprised at the information that i've seen so far because i've found out they just in some in this big article that was put out on the drudge report there was additional information about uh, dakota james that i had not heard before which was five weeks before he went missing he was out at night with some strange people and he had called one of his friends to come oh, pick yeah. him up. And when that friend came and picked him up, he didn't remember the last four hours of where he was. Yeah, and he was, and walking, that, he was walking towards some SUV that was parked the wrong way on the road. Yeah, a black and she SUV. Kind of called him up. Yeah. Right, yeah, so all these weird. strange... Very weird. So um, that adds a creepy dimension that he might have been stalked by the people that he knew from five weeks earlier. And Gannon and Gilbertson is saying that they know some of the suspects and that they've been on the dark web. Now, I've done probably 10 or 20 interviews total about the Smiley Face Killers, and I came to the conclusion after studying 50 cases that there's clearly some kind of communication of this MO through the dark web. So it was interesting to see uh, these guys have that statement again. So I'll be curious to see if they actually will state possible living perpetrators. Like I, in my documentary, I came to conclusions about people uh, really three guys who, uh, one has died, but two were arrested for similar types of crimes, that, and one that involved GHP. The other one was a guy who abducted young men at bars at night and took them home and tortured them. So um, it'll be interesting to see what these guys really are willing to uh, put out. And clearly they've kept their cards whole, close to their chest. You know, Jim Smith is also kind of, uh, you know, kind of, and been around their orbit and you know they're not talking too much so it'll be interesting to see what they disclose in this six-part oxygen series there was that there was i can't remember his name now but there was a there's a serial killer in the uk uh steven Stephen yeah Stephen Port. yeah Stephen yeah, Port, yeah i covered yeah. him in my documentary yes right yeah yeah because he was he was drugging young sort of gay guys wasn't he but really <clears throat> and basically shagging their lifeless bodies and and then they were overdosed and he was dumping them in a local cemetery did, did you hear that correct Stephen not in the local water, church yeah just, in, much. just yeah. in a local cemetery yeah but so and so he had a body dump and the other thing is that he had evaded police he had given the police had seen him and like he gave him explanations that they believed and yeah, and, and, and he wrote you know, sort of a, weird suicide notes and stuck them to the body correct stuff. very good yes it's exactly <laughs> what happened weird, but he was also older guy creative on gay websites so he was on grinder and some of these other gay websites that i'm not familiar with and he was trolling through that and dakota james his last seen picture of him on a web seems to be on a website or some kind of app and the same thing happened to uh joey labute is that they both seem to be on apps and those are kind of things that, you know, the police really aren't telling the public. And it's another thing about the total, it's a disappointment really about the legal authorities because they're not, there's just so little information about these, these murders that they disclose to the public. So but is, that how really, they get, is that how they get caught a lot of the time through using uh, social media and apps and that sort of thing? 
Well, that's a good point. In, in Steve, get this, in Stephen Port's uh, situation, it wasn't the police who actually found mm. him as the serial killer. What it was was one of the families of the victims actually kept cajoling the uh, local authorities for this CCTV video, which is supposedly you know, all over the place in London. And so they actually got this video of their loved one. I can't remember the victim's name. And they said, who is this guy with him? Who is this guy? And the police said, I don't know. And it turns out that it's Stephen Port. So wow. there's this huge inquest. I have to go and follow up. But there was an inquest and like 14 or 19 people in the London police force are going to get censured uh, for bungling that case. And I've kind of used that word bungling in, in these other other cases. And uh, it's interesting, too, because here in L.A., they've had this big story that I don't know if you guys have followed, but he was a Democratic donor. His name is Ed Buck. Have you heard that story? Oh, yeah, the the black guys. He was drugging. The yes. black, two black sure. guys have been found dead in his house now, yeah. Right, yeah. so he had one black guy, and I'd actually tried to get this, uh, this, uh, this lady who is a community activist. When the first one died, I tried to get her on the Ed Opperman part to talk about his, his name was, I think, Gemmel Moore was the first victim. And then within the last week or two, the second victim came, and then other people came out and were telling stories. And a lot like the Stephen Port case, where that people who survived Stephen Port actually told their GHP stories and weird stuff. Now people are talking about Ed Buck, that lo and behold, what's he doing? He's administrating, administering GHB to some of these other people. Yeah, and so meth, GHB and is meth a and heroin as well, right? Yeah, yeah, they call it boosting or some kind of term. Mm. So he's like getting, and get this, so Crazy Days and Nights. Have you heard of the website Crazy Days and Nights? No. So Crazy Days and Nights is like a, you could call it a gossip site, but it's kind of a clearinghouse for information. The guy who runs it is an entertainment lawyer. So he gets kind of higher level inside information. I would highly recommend you start reading Crazy Days and Nights. And rumored to be one of the, one of the contributors is Robert Downey Jr. Oh. And so he writes on fake name and his stories about the Playboy Mansion are off the charts. But uh, Crazy Days and Nights is reporting that Ed Buck was living in North Carolina and had the same thing happen twice in North Carolina. So they're speculating that he's a serial killer. Yeah, it's, it's like that movie Get Out, isn't it? With the black, he sort of takes it, you know, white rich guy takes in sort of uh, lower income uh, black black kids. Right. And, and sucks and, their soul. <laughs> yeah, and sucks the life out of them. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I missed it. Yeah, Ed, it's Ed crazy. Buck? So Ed Buck is really <laughs> a fabulous, but yet... He's, a Democra he's some kind of democratic uh, right. fund. He, he gives... Donor. He's, donor. He gives money. he's a yeah. donor, and there's pictures of him with Hillary Clinton yeah. and all this stuff. Creep. So there's one guy, my uh, congressman had to give back, I think, 18,000 bucks that was donated, and so Ted Lieu gave it back to, you know, like... Uh, you know, money's for disadvantaged kids and stuff like that. So, but here's the thing, and here's the key of that is that that actually kind of ties into the smiley face killer because the him being a Democratic donor possibly prevents his prosecution because he's politically connected. Get it? Wow. Okay. Oh, oh the plot thickens. I love this. <laughs> yes. Yes. So something really is happening. So this story and this story that comes out on oxygen is really off the charts because it's getting massive exposure. That I saw that the actual trailer for the show had 2.5 million views just on Facebook alone. Wow! So people are really interested in this. Have, have, have you seen an, an uptake in in your in views on your Vimeo? Uh, well, I got to put it back up. You know, I actually oh, a year ago, I had it up there for a year, so I took it down. I got to put it back up. So. Um, yeah, it was kind of. It was unexpected that this whole situation was <laughs> yeah. happen. So yeah, because people are going to be searching now. To totally, Pe people yeah, will so. be searching for it, and and you'll be there. But I think yours is behind a paywall, right? But I think it's only a couple of bucks, yeah. isn't it? Well, it's five bucks. Yeah, it's five bucks. Yeah, it's nothing. I don't is it? think it's, it's yeah. not priced. It's not priced to price people out. That's for sure. No, <laughs> I want people to watch it because it was a lot of work, three and a half hours, and there's a lot of information in there. But there's so much other stuff happening that ties into these kinds of cases that, You'll have to you know, do the subculture. Yeah, I do have to do an update for sure. Mm. So really, really kind of amazing things are really happening that, uh, you know, Jim, like Jim Smith, the guy who I kind of uh, ran into while researching this, became my chief researcher for the film, just want, you know, he just wants the public to realize and recognize this, and he's been saying that for over two years, and now it's kind of happening, you know, so that's, that's exciting. 
So what, what about some of the other stuff that's been going on, William? Uh, some of the deaths that we've had, uh, the sort of celebrity deaths. Um, I mean, there's not... I, I can't think of anything over the last sort of month or two, but, you know, clearly we had... Certainly right. earlier in 2018. Yeah, we had Kate Spade Bourdain. and Cornell and Bourdain. Brett, and, Cornell, uh, Bourdain. All these mysterious Lincoln deaths. Lincoln Park, yeah. Lincoln Park Chester, guy, uh, Chester, Chester Bennington. Bennington. He looks a lot like John Podesta's son, which is very strange. Yeah. Um, oh. I don't want to go there. But uh, John Podesta popped up, too, because he had a real... You know, a uh, whitewash article on in the Rolling Stone we can talk about too, but that that ignored all the stuff in his emails and his friendship with Denny Hastert and things like that. But uh, yeah, yeah. I I just think it's important for the public to understand how these people can be murdered and to make it look like a suicide. And it's dealt with in some some films. There was uh, I think it's not Michael Cry. It was a movie with. Where where they had basically had a kill team that killed the lawyer, and Seven Days in May where they're going after Robert. No, it's not Seven Days. Three Days of the Condor. Have you ever watched Three Days of the Condor? No. Where they're trying to. There's a hit team and a hit man, and they're trying to kill Robert Redford's character, who's like a CIA analyst. Those are uh, the movie is Michael Brayton with um, I can't even remember his name. It'll come to me. Anyway, so the really the key, the modern key understanding a lot of these things was a government hit it wasn't a quasi-government agency it wasn't a non-public agency but it was the assassination of Mahmoud al-Mahu Mabhu and his name it happened in 2010 in Dubai and you guys might have heard that story but he was an operative for Hamas and he thought he was safe in Dubai the United Arab Emirates and what they did to kill him was basically have a team of 33 people off the charts. I'm not saying there are 33 people carrying out these political or, you know, cultural assassinations. But what I'm saying is that it was remarkable that if you look at the mechanics of how they got into his hotel room, um, the public doesn't understand that these guys have these kind of key cards that can open up, you know, that can open up any, uh, hotel room door. And so the story of the Mahmoud, what they did is they followed him to this hotel and then somebody recorded which room number he was in, sent it to another team. That team in the Europe called somebody else, got the, called the hotel, got the room across from this guy, sent in another set of teams. And I mean, what they did is they had this basically this key card and waited for the right moment and went in and killed it and made it look like a suicide. So they tried to um, make it look fake. And the locals found they had all of this CCTV, which you can see on YouTube. It's the murder of Mahmoud al-Mabu Mahu. And uh, <clears throat> it's really a remarkable, a remarkable story because it, it mimics and it's similar to this murder of Khashoggi that happened. Right. Uh, that, of the death of the guy in Istanbul, Turkey, where... They knew he was coming back to get his marriage license at the consulate. And in the time between that, he wa- they knew he was coming back. It was like 72 hours. A whole team was sent to, um, sent to Istanbul, including like a forensics guy who knew how to take apart human body. Yeah, there's I a, mean, so some interesting <clears throat> anecdotes about that. Of, 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 I think they have some recordings of that guy saying something like, as he's cutting up the body, he's like, Guys, just just put on some music. You know, it goes by really quickly with this bone sock. Right. Just enjoy some music it's, while we, helps, while we it, chop these fair. limbs yeah. off. Yeah, really brutal, really brutal stuff. And that story has kind of died off. And the right. you know, if you notice the oil prices, well, you guys aren't in the uh, U.S., but the oil prices are dropping very considerably. So you know, somebody might be pulling an art of the deal to let that one slide. It makes and you the wa- guy who actually. Sorry, it makes you wonder. It seems like they kind of got pretty sloppy with the Khashoggi one, and that yes. you know they could have done a lot better job in a way that could have made it look a lot more Bourdain-like, or you know some of the other ones we're discussing. Very well said. Very well said. So it was a very sloppy, and the guy who's now the he's the son of another part of the Saudi royal family. He's very young, thirty-three years old. So he might not be as sophisticated as some of these other politicians and and he might have wanted to send that message to other people to you know uh, be quiet because I think Khashoggi yeah. was a he's outspoken he was part of the 
yeah, he was outspoken, but he was actually part of the family, and he worked for the Washington Compost. You know, so he was working, <laughs> he was working for like the you know uh, Bezos Inks. Yeah. You know, Washington out, out, out. Amazon.com, so. Washington Compost. <laughs> right. So uh, the Khashoggi case informs the Mahoub case, which informs a lot of these strange deaths of people who you would not think committed suicide. So I think that it's important. So what I believe, I believe has happened is this kind of internal intelligence uh, technique has bled out and. And moved into realms of, you know, there, there's, what did Weinstein hired Black Cube? And there was, what's the guy who runs, uh, mm. the guy White, or well, I can't remember his name now, but he runs an independent paramilitary thing out of the U.S. And they were using him. I can't remember his name now. Uh, just explain to our listeners, uh, William, Black Cube's like a... Um, well, okay. a, a sort of well, off, off book black ops black ops black, uh, well, right so it's a lot of these guys when Harvey Weinstein and there's a title the New York piece from Ronan Farrell right Ronan Farrell Ronan uh, Sinatra uh, he wrote Harvey Weinstein Army of Spies so Ronan Farrell was rumored to be Frank Sinatra's kid by the way I don't know if you know that do you know who Ronan Farrell was Ronan Farrow. No, the oh, name. Mi- um, somebody Mia, Mia Farrow. Yeah, yeah, yes, ah, I do. Right. Yeah, the yeah. woman from Rosemary's Baby, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So yeah. <clears throat> the he was the real person who exposed Weinstein. Were the Ronan Farrow stories, right? He was trying to put him out on NBC, and they let him go. And then the New Yorker actually published him. But his story was Harvey Weinstein's army of spies. The film executive hired private investigators, including ex-massage agents, to track actresses and journalists. And the company that they used was called Black Cube. But it was—it's not—it's a—it's not the Mossad, but it's something like oh, the other company was named Kroll. That's another company. These kind of high-end for-pay, you know, like they're like PIs, but much more skilled. Right. And so. A lot of these people were like intimidating uh, Rose McGowan and Asia Argento and all kinds of strange things were happening supposedly with Rose McGowan where they faked information. So I do believe that these types of the ability to have people, I mean, well, you know, secret teams go all the way back to, to even before John F. Kennedy, right? So there, there was actually a book called The Secret Team by uh, Fletcher Prudy. You ever read that book? No, no, no. That's a good one. So that's also just about secret groups that can that are underground that can do, pull off tr- you know all kinds of tricks. You ever heard of like Frank uh, Sturgis, Frank Ferretti? He was actually a, a mob hitman, but oh, he was yeah, involved. Yeah, I have heard of him. Yeah, yeah. I think he's passed away, but these guys, so anyway, the modern view, uh, you know, this black cube, I'm trying to, Rich Prince, Derek Prince, is that his name? Uh, it, that rings a bell, Derek Prince, yeah. I don't remember this guy's name. Google. So it's like quasi, Eric Prince is his name, Blackwater. So right. that's the rise of the world's most powerful uh, mercenary army by Jeremy Scales. So black cube is like that. So... <clears throat> I believe that this kind of um, kind of mo is 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 now known not just by the intelligence agencies but independent for our higher you know uh, teams, and so that explains why a lot of people have died in mysterious ways, even going back to Cobain. So, uh, yeah, I mean, wow. th- that, yeah, that's a pretty so, fascinating Co- theory, and and you got to figure that they are just incredibly tech savvy and, and able to accomplish, you know, all sorts of different stuff using, you know, cybersecurity and, and their <clears throat> techniques must just be so advanced at this point for pulling these well, that's operations great, off. Great. It's an excellent point because what they said, and if you read about this guy, Mahmoud al-Mahmoud, the operatives were all using encrypted communications devices to send information to each other. And what they what they did was the Ving Card Locklink brand, and they accessed it and reprogrammed the Locklink directly at the hotel room door. So imagine somebody thinking that they're in a hotel and safe, and they're not. You know, or that. So yeah. is, is, the is, it, 
is is it the same people hiring these guys for the same reasons? I mean, when you when you talk about Bourdain and Bennington and um, Cornell, I mean, is are they all connected, or is it just the same agency being hired to whack people for different reasons? Celebrity hitman. Well, it's a great it's yeah. a great question. I don't fully know, but all yeah. of those deaths to me were extremely suspicious. So yeah, and the, fact the real the, thing, the, the mystery is like what. We want to uncover the mystery about what's happening. And I do believe that this guy, Mahmoud al-Mabu, was, you know, I think there's probably other people like him. But the, the operation that to, to make the hit squad was off the charts. And what's really bad is that they probably used 10,000 volts to just shock him. They said that they used 10,000 volts to, to basically fly his brain, kill him. But with someone like uh, Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain, what would be the um, rationale b- behind uh, taking someone out, like that out? Um, w- would he be just about well, to say something? Well, I think he was um, sort of tied up in the Asia Argento and uh, Harvey yes, Weinstein me thing. me too thing. Yeah. Right, he had something yeah, me too. that could go Paying public. people off. He had 7 million followers on Twitter. Um, he was mocking everybody. He was insulting yeah. people. He very mentioned outspoken. Clinton. Yeah, very outspoken. Yeah, he spoke, and, he spoke uh, about uh, feeling the wrath of Clinton, didn't he, in her sort of jacket. Right, yeah, right. seven, seven days before his death. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just something the public has to understand that they've learned these techniques. And yeah. it explained a lot. And if somebody has money, you know, you can put that money down and... You know, you get a bank in Luxembourg, Switzerland, you title it something very benign, you know, like uh, John's food bill, and you put $5 million, and there's proof that the money's there, and then the intermediaries, uh, you know, show the proof of anything, and that money gets released. That's the way it works. It's definitely definitely going to be a very interesting trend to track over these next few years, you know. Absolutely, because I think it, yeah, I think these types of things are, are going to increase. One of the odd, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just a crazy era, you know, and I do think that... Sorry, William, the weirdest thing for me about these these deaths is that a lot of them, they hang from a door handle. Uh, They're hanging from a door handle, so you can literally just pick your legs up if you want. Really? So I I think committing suicide like that would, you know, unless you really, really, really want to die. You'd have to be committed. At any point, you just put your weight on your legs. And it's often with a red scarf as well. And you'll know right. you know yeah. after Kate Spade died, her husband uh, came out with like this rat sort of mouse mask on. It had like a red scarf on it. Did you ever see those pictures? Mm. No. It came yeah, out like yeah, two or three really days creepy. later to the yeah. press. If you Google it, you, yeah. you can see it. Put Kate Spade husband, and he's got like yeah. this. That's Dave. Yeah, that's David Spade's brother. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they All connected. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's suspicious too. Hers is very suspicious. Like mm. it's very odd in a mother you know, kills herself with a child. That's very unusual. And also women typically their sensibilities do not allow them to, to commit violence on themselves. They, they almost never use guns or knives or, you know, they do something where like they'll take pills and go to bed. Stand, I mean, that's a generality, but, um, when you see this kind of really gnarly, bloody, she was hanging a billionaire like as well, that. wasn't she? I mean, why? Yeah, hundreds of millions, man. Yeah. yeah, or a hundred millionaire. Yeah, I mean, why? Why would you want to? It they had multiple weird. houses. They had the ideal life everybody wanted: the house in the Hamptons, house in the city, tons of money, tons of staff. You know, it does. Some of these are the same with Bourdain's, with Cornell. These guys are all on top of the world. There's something really suspicious about all those, all those deaths. You know, and I think. Um, I mean, yeah, well, real- you, you can't rule out depression because, you know, I've suffered with depression True. in the past and, you know, it doesn't matter how on top of the world you are or, or where you are. If that black dog kind of hits you, it, it can hit you. But it just, it just, I don't know. It's like it happens here in Thailand in a kind of crude fashion. You see lots of people falling off of balconies, <laughs> yeah. uh, particularly in a coastal um, yeah. resort known as Patea. Yeah. Um, and it's always, the police always chalk it up to uh, suicide. Um, because, uh, you know, it's a lot easier um, to do yeah. the paperwork. But a lot of these guys, some of them were depressed. You know, some of them might have jumped. Right. A lot of them were pushed, yeah. you know. Um, that would be interesting for you to look into, actually, William. Ne- next time you're in uh, Thailand, give us a shout. Farangdeaths.com. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll go to Farang, F-A-R-A-N-G. Oh, right. That's the word for the outsiders, right? Yeah, That's right, yeah, the white man. That's um, us. The white man. Farang. Is it only white men or is it anybody? 
I don't think the call Flang like, Dam is black people. So Flang oh, really? is foreigner and Dam is black. Uh, uh, but oh, Farang's okay. is Caucasian. That's right. what it yeah. means. It's interesting. So, so there's a there's a website, William, called Farang Dash like middle dash deaths dot com. And uh basically every single sort of white foreigner that dies in Thailand is catalogued yeah. on this site and they're all very strange. Um, but isn't it a slaughter? Isn't it kind of a slaughter there? Like there's, I actually covered in my film a slaughter, a death of a guy, and I think I told you when I spoke with you last time about uh, he was at that the Moon Festival on that island. Party, and, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, he was right. Chase well, drug. The Kotal thing as well. That's death they call island. it Death Island down yeah. there because so many foreigners oh, go oh. there and end up. Is dead. that where the, the 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 couple got killed? As the well? couple were killed on the beach there, and there's that. Um, European, I think she was from Belgium. They got it, she got eaten by these monitor lizards. Um, oh her body oh, was decomposing. They just found her in the jungle and like right. half eaten by. Like, so, someone uh, noticed the lizards, like these uh, Komodo dragon type things, uh, coming out of the jungle and then going back in. And they went in to see what was going on, and they found her, you know, half eaten corpse in there. And she was like number fifteen or something right. that year. I mean, it was. And Did the lizards actually kill? <clears throat> No, she was she um, was on drugs. Or something. I, th- I think that uh, there was a whole. It was a suicide. That she was. Yeah, it was a suicide. She just laid down and let the lizards <laughs> do the rest. The movie I couldn't remember, but I wanted to tell you was Michael Clayton with George Clooney. Oh, I remember it's Michael. Two thousand and seven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they the woman hires an independent kill team. These guys are like playing golf, but they go to the lawyer, open the door. They, they stun him with a stun gun. They drag his body to the bathroom, pull his shoe off, hit him with a drug uh, and a syringe between his toes, then make it look like he overdosed on pills, drop the pill bottle on the ground, and walk out. Yeah, man. The old syringe between the toes. I mean, And if the authorities yeah. are on your side, I mean, it's just Well, so if the authorities, right. Well, so I mean, in some of these hits... Look at Michael Hastings here in Los Angeles. They took his body and, and cremated it right away. He, he was know, the they, reporter, right? Journalist, right. Journalist, yeah, Journal- yeah, Rolling Stone guy. Yeah. The engine block actually exited the chassis, chassis of the car before it came to rest at the palm tree. Mm. Just let that go through your mind. The actual engine block came out of the car and was sitting on the freaking street. Yeah, and and the car. Yeah, oh, dude. Michael Hastings' whole story. Well, I mean, that, that CCTV video is is very damning, isn't it? Because he he's obviously in his electric. He's in a Tesla, isn't he, or something? Uh, I think he was in a, uh, a five Mercedes, like was a, it a Merc. Mercedes. Yeah, the, the, Merc. the theory is that the that he he was he was in uh, either Iraq or Afghanistan, wasn't he? With with the he gen- was no with, with the generals and the. Um, is around the time that the uh... sorry, my alarm's just sorry. going off. Just two secs. Okay. No, Hastings wrote a book. So he was in Iraq. His girlfriend, first girlfriend, died in Iraq when he was doing reporting, and he was trying to expose a lot of stuff and dealing with incredibly powerful people. Yeah, some of the and, uh, generals. Yeah, so he was tangling, and he was on TV. He was a very public figure, and clearly an irritant. You know. And, and uh, it, it was around the time that the volcano went off, wasn't it, in in um, Iceland? So I, I think the story is that he, he was stuck there right. for a while. I, I, by the way, I, I'm sort of parroting what I've heard on Joe Rogan here, but um, he, he was stuck there for a while, and the generals started to get a little bit uh, loose with what they were telling him, and then he gets back and starts uh-huh. to un- un- expose some of this stuff, and lo and behold, he's in a car... And the car suddenly goes from seventy or sixty to a hundred miles an hour straight into a tree. Wow! And just bang. No, well, that's not blows. correct. That's not correct oh, really? because mm-hmm. something happened before the car came to rest at the tree. Okay. Something happened, so the engine block came out of the car before it rested at the tree, unless it wrecked the tree and then the tree actually dematerialized, <laughs> shooting the, the engine block. Through a dematerialized tree, rolling down the street. So what? What's now, the theory that, though that somebody somebody removed the engine block? No, you know, it's the thing is, is it's like a, it's like a shaped charge bomb, mm. and so it just explodes up and down. That's it. 
So, okay. Super powerful. If you put, like, a thermite-type bomb, it cuts through metal like, uh, yeah, it just doesn't, the metal does nothing, you know? Thermite's very hot. It runs super hot. That, yeah, that, I mean, I don't want to get into the details. Do you ever mm. hear of the, do you remember uh, there was a story of the killing of the head of the German Reichsbank by Bader Meinhof? Do you ever hear of that, that murder? No. Nope. It's an incredible story because these guys created a very sophisticated bomb that they attached to the back of a bicycle and just put the bicycle on like and, and locked it to a pole. And the way that this, this very powerful uh, explosive behind a, a solid piece of metal, all it was was about 24 inches of solid steel on one side. But when the bomb went off, it took this solid piece of steel that looked like a, maybe like a double the size of a standard ruler like that's double the width but it turned it into a projectile that traveled like 2,000 miles an hour and just sawed this guy's, it just blew up into this guy's uh, limousine it was an incredible story wow. but that, you know, yeah, so you can see very sophisticated, yeah. yeah no, these guys can build some really crazy stuff, so even and Badermanov was was a communist. That was like the 1970s, wasn't it? Badermanov. Yeah, I think that yeah. sounds right. <clears throat> that sounds right. So anyway, you know, I mean, I guess the general gist of, is really uh, of looking at all these murders in a different light. They don't, they don't add up, and there are means that sophisticated, trained people know, you know, to if somebody's really a problem, they can get rid of them, well, and it, they can kill. They, I mean, I think that's pretty good evidence that uh, Marilyn Monroe was killed. You know. They went into her her place in uh, in freaking Brentwood, which is pretty Tony. It's very nice, and went in and supposedly shoved barbiturates up her up her keister. You know, that's how they really? killed her. Yeah, you ever hear that story? No. Yeah, yeah. Well, but she had all this. She had all this reports? information on JFK and Robert F. Kennedy. Right. And when she died, I think it was uh, James Jesus Angleton went in and took her diary. He needed to make sure, and this is a spook from the CIA, went in and make sure he had her diary. I mean, there's all kinds of weird stuff around JFK, because you get, there's actually another good book about Mary Pincho Meyer. You ever hear about Mary Pincho Meyer? No. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, it's a dangerous world. you got to really be careful. <laughs> what, what about Seth Rich? What about Seth Rich? Is there Same any, thing. Any updates well, on Seth, that? I've actually said that Seth Rich is actually a lot like the smiley face killers in the way that if the authorities miss label something they don't have to investigate so seth rich is not an assassination it's a robbery gone wrong we haven't found the suspects right so that just the authorities are right off oh we just need a robbery suspect it's not a murder the same thing with these smiley face killers oh these are drownings they're not body dumps you know so if they're drownings well just pick up the body you know process it you know cremate and we're done so yeah seth rich is just i mean Assange pretty much said on this interview he had with a guy on, I think it was Dutch or Netherlands or Denmark radio uh, TV, pretty much said that working for WikiLeaks is dangerous. And he, you know, you have dangers when the guy asked him about Seth Rich, whether he was a whether he was a source. And there was other people who confirmed that Seth Rich was a source. So, you know, it's uh, you know he's very nice. I very much can sympathize because I was in D.C. right around that time at that same age. That he was, and he was probably very idealistic. Yeah, and I was, you know, I got out of DC like I was lucky to survive, man. You were not there, a jaded man, lucky, lucky. Not lucky jaded. I mean, I saw the truth. I was not jaded. I just saw it was it's a dude. It's off the charts the corruption and all the stuff that goes on there. So. We, William and I both before we started, we both uh, we, you're an uh, Alistair Crowley um, expert. Um, and we both heard the same barroom story, and we don't know. We, we're wondering if you could clarify it. Is there any connection between Hillary Clinton and uh, Crowley? Well, I don't know the off, the, off the hand. Is that is that just well? The, related, I think the right? real issue, I, I heard there the was real question there. is whether Barbara Bush is the offspring of Aleister Crowley. Ah, that's the maybe reason. that's what we were thinking of. Right. Bob so the real Bush. issue is yeah. that okay. So here's the story. So Crowley. Yeah. Gets kicked it, out yeah. of Crowley gets kicked out of Italy directly by Mussolini's orders. He gets kicked out in 1923. 
He has to close up his magical fraternity uh, called the Abbey of Thelema or the Abbey of the Will. He goes to Tunis. Yeah. He's poor. He's not. He's never sick. He always had asthma. He goes from Tunis to go to France to be with a friend called the name by the name of Frank Harris, who was at the time a right. very scantless uh, writer, and his girl, girlfriend was a worker. Um, so, so Crowley is with him, and when he's there, he starts doing this research, which he wrote about. I can't remember the magical document, but he called it ECL, which is a, which is a acronym for Erato Comatose Lucidity. Mm-hmm. And what the what the ritual is is basically you're supposed to have sex with. It's basically a form of sex magic. So you basically right. are the initiate slash magician has two servitors that have sex with him until he's super exhausted and supposedly is in a kind of like almost like a a yogic state what is samadhi what's the the final state when you're exhausted and you're supposed to travel well you get into that kind of state and then when you wake up you write down what happened so your your spirit leaves your body or something like that anyway so at that same time and you got to remember Around that time, the, the what is it, the swinging twenties or whatever they called it. The, at that time, the elite always of the U.S. always looked at Paris as the place to go. Yeah. So they wanted to summer in Paris, or they wanted to travel in Paris. And, and Pauline Robinson was the wife of the head. I think he was. Um, I can't remember which magazine it was, but actually, her husband was Pierce. So it was. Uh, Morgan Stanley Pierce. There were huge, I mean, nobody knows that she was. They keep it quiet, but she had her Barbara Bush's patronage goes back to a huge brokerage house. Same mm-hmm. with the Bush family. So anyway, she, Pauline Robinson goes, and the rumor is just she met this O'Hara person who was who was married to Harris. Frank Harris was also a kind of a civil right, kind of like Crowley, right? Right. And uh, or and also a literature, somebody who's into literature. Yes. Although he's lost to history, so you know she. Him? I'm just thinking of the Lost Generation were there at that time yeah, as well. Like that. Hemingway, so, and Fitzgerald, and people. Hemingway. Like that. So Hemingway runs into Crowley in France, and they talk, there's. Mm. Talk, uh, I think it was some other guy. They're talking about Crowley. There's the you know man of perdition or whatever. Anyway, so uh, Robinson is supposed to be one of these types of servitors, and she comes back pregnant, and nine months later has a daughter, Barbara. Who you know the times are actually work out pretty well. I can't remember when they got married, but yeah, it was somewhere around there. So anyway, Barbara Bush is rumored to be the offspring of, of Crowley, and Crowley had five you know, kids. And a product of ECL as well, like not not only offspring. Right, so she but a might have been a magical this. child, right? Well, so a magic demonic. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. But look he, at her. Um, Let me because they would have moved in those same circles, right? But Crowley also. She was born in nineteen June eighth, nineteen twenty five. Crowley was there in nineteen twenty four. So the timing right. is right, you know. And then she marries George Bush, and oh, and you know, if you look at these guys at, at the very top, these kind of elite families, they they marry differently, you know. They marry there. It's kind of like. Uh, dune or something where they marry for breeding you know bloodlines and stuff like that and george bush himself uh, traces himself back to uh <clears throat> i can't remember he's like a pirate or some some kind of strange george bush senior uh george george hw bush sorry hmm. and so and then, so so do you have an occult family and george hw bush with skull and bones and his dad was skull and bones and his son of skull and bones married somebody is pot and looks like Crowley. I mean, she basically Crowley had a big head. She yeah. has a big head. She talks like Crowley. Her son was there at nine eleven with all the magical numbers. So they got <laughs> the, the black flag. All the polemic numbers. What's up? The black- yeah, all the polemic numbers are there at nine eleven. So and these elites, and I mean, there's just all kinds of crazy stuff. And the crazy stuff she said. I mean, if you read Prophet of Evil. I have a whole chapter on Bush Sr. who's passed away, and it's like he's got the 77s, he's got the, all this crazy numerology that references, you know, uh, what is it, what do they call it, uh, you know, the Libra Oz, which is, you know, no man, no God but man, anybody who thwarts your will, kill them, you know, all these kind of Crowleyan ideas, so, uh, you know, it's, uh, 
her 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 maiden name is Barbara Pierce. So, mm. yeah, it's. I think her dad was the head of McCall Corporation, pub, publisher of the popular Red Book in McCall's. You know, yeah, so these are bloodline type people. So the the notion, it's not something that you can really. I mean, for me, not discount. But Crowley himself, his life, he did not. He was not even really a parent. He had kids, but he never really parented them, you know. So he would just have peak kids with people. And when he was in his dotage, when he was old, somebody came up to him and said, I want you to have my child. He said, sure. So he had some kid, you know, and he's like 65. He would have had children so, all, over the, all, all over the map. He right, might have had before. tons of children. There's five, there's five known offspring of Crowley. And it's pretty interesting. Like when he was at the Abbey of Philema, he had a kid. And that kid, that child, the daughter made her way in her life from this place in Sicily all the way to Berkeley, California, and passed away probably in, I think her she died, I can't remember her name offhand, I think she died in like 2006, so she was 80, mm. and uh, or 83, and I might have walked right by her, because I lived in Berkeley from 90, when, uh, 89 to 93, and... You know, I could have been sitting down at Zachary's Pizza eating, eating, eating right pizza. On, but this, right on but tele- was Telegraph Avenue. Imagine, right, imagine, right. imagine if you found out Crowley was your... Jerry Garcia was, was probably granddad. right next to you. If you found out he yeah, was your oh, father. Dude, I, yeah, I've, I've actually driven Jerry Garcia's car. When I was working, as a, I was a hotel valet. Oh, and yeah. uh, I, used, I used to park the, the, uh, the cars of all those guys. What all the guys car did great. Jerry Garcia have? You I think, you know, they drove very benign cars. Really? Nothing really. I think the guy, what's the guy's name? Hart, no, Hart is the drummer, right? Uh, what's the Phil guy who Lesh? does this? Lesh, yeah. So yeah. Phil Lesh drove like, uh, I was funny because he drove, it was like uh, an Audi, a convertible Audi, but he. I remember that he was listening to U2's Joshua Tree. <laughs> so I was oh, listening yeah. to but, U2's Joshua Tree. And, and when they were at the hotel, you had to walk on your hands and knees because the whole top, the whole floor was basically weed smoke. smoke. <laughs> just smoking. Man, I bet you got they some stories the, from that era of Berkeley. Well, they would get, they would rent out the whole floor, and they, the, the, the hotel never complained or said anything because they were such good customers. Phil Lesh would bring his two dogs in. He would bring his dogs up, and they didn't say shit. They didn't do anything. They yeah. ran the Bay Area. The back CIA then. were paying the bill. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, there's a whole other story. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get into Mark Devlin territory now with the uh, yeah. musical well, truth. Is yeah. it musical truth? Yeah. Musical yeah. truth. I think I, you, if you go to Amazon, you can see my book review of that that first book because yeah. I read it. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, <clears throat> so uh, anyway, so so the ties of Crowley, you know, nine eleven. When I wrote nine eleven, Alistair Crowley, nine eleven, and the New World Order, the ideas, the elite ideas, and aristocratic ideas of Alistair Crowley fit in with the kind of Republican, top Republican elite, who really, I mean, I think there were incredible statements by uh, Hunter S. Thompson, believe me, uh, that, I, that I wrote about. And then <laughs> but the top, of the, listen, the, the, the top of the Republican elite, they don't care about democracy. So this is, a, this is a quote from Hunter S. Thompson. Every Republican administration since 1952 has let the military-industrial complex loot the Treasury, treasury and plunged the nation into debt on the excuse of a wartime economic emergency. Richard Nixon comes to quickly, quickly to mind, along with Ronald Reagan and his ridiculous trickle-down theory of U.S. economic policy. If the rich get richer, the theory goes, before long their pots will overflow and somehow trickle down to the poor, who would then who would rather eat scraps off the Bush, Bush family plates than eat nothing at all. Republicans have never approved of democracy, and they never will. It goes back to pre-industrial America when only white male property owners could vote. Now, was, so his, I think, was, was his death suspicious? I mean, I, I have this theory that they tried to drug him. Um, they came, the, man, the many black suits came in and tried to drug him, but no amount of drugs would actually kill him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they used the shotgun instead. But shotgun. He, I mean, well, he, he, he was he in bad died, health. He died shortly after making that statement, right? Well, I think there were some other statements he said about 9-11 and other stuff. I mean, there was... There were statements he said about the Bush family that I wrote about in Prophet of Evil that I'll try to write for you. But he, um, have you ever looked at the Hunter S. Thompson Daily Administration of Drugs? 
Have you ever seen I that thing? It's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, oh, like, he, he wrote that himself. Trust. Wake up, do yeah. this, do yeah, this. Grapefruit yeah. and lines of Wake cocaine. up at 5 p.m., start taking coke, do a little LSD, you know. Um, yeah, all kinds that's of fucking brilliant. Incredible. Couldn't Love sustain it. that. Drinking the whole time, four, four bottles of Jack. Like, just how do you survive? Cigarettes and the whole bit. All right, so here's here's another quote from uh, Thompson about the Bush family. So <clears throat> there was one. This is about the election in 2000 of, of Junior. There there was one exact moment, in fact, when I knew for sure that Al Gore would never be president of the United States, no matter what the experts were saying. And that was when the whole Bush family suddenly appeared on TV and openly scoffed of the idea of Gore winning Florida. It was nonsense, said the candidate. Utter nonsense. Anybody who believed Bush had lost Florida was a fool. The media, all of them, were liars and dunces or treacherous horrors trying to sabotage his victory. Here was the whole bloody family laughing and hooting and sneering at the dumbness of the whole world on national TV. The old man was the real tip-off. The leer, the leer on his face was almost frightening. It was like looking into the eyes of a tall hyena with a living sheep in its mouth. The sheep's fate was sealed, and so was Al Gore's. The whole presidential election, in fact, was rigged and fixed from the start. So great. Oh, shit. Yeah, I love that. Oh, man. So soon after this, he, he died then. I mean, if anyone's going to get died. taken I think, out. When did he die? 2001 or 2002? It was shortly after the Twin Towers. I know that. I, I remember the, the statement he made after 9-11. Um, and then a couple yeah, of months later, he was, later, he was, he was dead, right? I don't know when Hunter Thompson died. <laughs> I mean, he suggested that um, America did it to themselves. And he was one of the first people to say that publicly. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, 2005, I think February 20th. Said that, that day it happened or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, there were three people who knew right away. I didn't know, but Thompson, uh, Dave McGowan, and William Jefferson, uh, William Cooper. Right. Those ones were all the guys who kind of got it right away. I, I was too slow. I didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was planned a long you, time ago. Do you guys remember where, where, where you were? Yeah, I was in the eighth grade in school. All right. It was like seven in the morning. And, and they had it on TV in school? No, my mom woke me up because on the West Coast, so it was like six, seven uh, in the morning. Okay. It was like nine in the East Coast. Where, where were you at the time, um, William? I was at home uh, watching it with my wife, just watching this whole thing go down. And I, she never lets me forget that I was like a total believer that it was Osama bin Laden. Uh. So <laughs> I was, uh, I was, uh, they, they, the mind control. You know, worked very well on me. I was told yeah. I, it took me a couple of years after I scratched my that, head. Like that was early oh, days on sense. the internet too, though, right? I mean, that's kind of got yeah. a factor in is that we just it wasn't robust with Reddit and uh, yeah. you know all of those places well, to find alternative. At news. that time, I thought I would have known better. You know, I thought I was above getting right. hoodwinked. But uh, I, you know, I didn't know much about the occult. I didn't know about secret societies. I didn't know about these bloodlines and how different they are. So once you you know contextualize that, it's like oh, they got a different kind of view of things. So that was the, the George Bush administration. I don't think anybody's really written a book that really encapsulates uh, really what happened during that that whole eight years. It was incredible. Have you guys watched the new movie about Dick Cheney Vice? Not yet. Did you guys get that? I've wanted to. Oh, the is, is it in? who plays him? Someone. Somebody really it, famous. I can't remember who. Yeah, though. And it's supposed is to be it, really no, Christian, good ba- Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah. He gets old and fat looking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, God, no, he got. Uh, yeah, he got. He got an award at the Golden Globes, and he thanked Satan for instructing him how to how to play <laughs> Dick Cheney. Did you hear that? Hail Satan! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, yeah, that the, those were those years were just incredible. Seven trillion dollars on a war in Iraq, off the charts. They blew seven trillion bucks. Man. Mm. So I mean, it just goes right back to what I read about uh, from Hunter S. Thompson. He had it down right. You know, spend money on war. Yeah. Yeah, Mark. Mark Devlin. Uh, he he was really into this bloodlines thing. That basically everybody's related to everybody, and uh, that quite a few of them came off the Mayflower. Uh, right. You know, yeah. Do you, Do you know much well, about was, that? Well, I was just reading about uh, uh, Barbara Bush, and she traces her history back from the Mayflower. So, you no, know, there's a lot of people who who look back to those, you know, early settlers. That's that's. I mean, it's different. Like I was on the East Coast, and they have like the social register. All these people are in the register tracing their genealogy before 
you know, Ancestry.com. There's all these bloodlines and people who are related to Jefferson, Washington, the original people who came off the boat. And no, they, they're a little different. They're different than a lot of the other people, so different than other Americans. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, some of those people only marry and have kids with other people like that, right? So, mm. Keep it in the family, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Keep it in the family. Keep the money in the family. Keep the intelligence in the family. Keep the secret societies in the family. Keep the schools. How many generations of the Bushes have gone to Yale? At least three, right? Four? Right. I don't know. Mm, crazy. Well, William, I know it's getting a bit late there, mate. Um, right. uh, and I think we're, we're more than an hour in now. So, uh, again, uh, sorry we couldn't be a little bit more flexible for you. And, and thanks That's for coming right, on again. Man, I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you. I, I okay. see you as a good friend to our show, and uh, we'd love to have you on again in a few months if, you, if you're up for it. And love to be back. Yeah, if anything yeah. comes up, maybe we can do a recap of the Smiley Face yeah, Killers and see what sure. uh, good idea. happens mm. to Oxygen and see what happens, see if oh, anything pops up. Yeah, we'd love to do that. Uh, so, William, right, um, where, if people want to get hold of you, where can they get hold of you, mate? Well, I've just been hammering social media. I'm trying to get off Facebook, but I still seem to be posting there. But I post a lot at oneway.com, minds.com. Uh, mewe.com gab.ai gab that's and, yeah yeah well it's all it's better than twitter i guess you know but the, uh the last bastion of free speech what, what's your handle yeah what's your handle william just william ramsey i think you william can look ramsey. up william ramsey on all those so uh i gotta get my website back up which you know i kind of got burnt out so i gotta get my website up i gotta get my movie back up i just I just gotta get the energy to do it. <laughs> uh, Willie, where could people get hold of you? Yeah, you can find me on my dormant Twitter. I've got I've been lazy as a mother, <laughs> uh, posting on there. But at Willie Delius, uh, that's about it. James, where could people get hold of you? Uh, Twitter, James Newman BKK. Yeah, and um, I'm always lurking on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and James A Newman on Facebook, right? Is it? I, I think, think it's so. just James Newman. Oh, okay, right? oh, I could be wrong about that. Uh, yeah, you can find me at CryptoMickey on Twitter or find us at StrangeLifeThis on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, find us on the interweb at thisstrange.life and uh, email us at thisstrangelifepodcast at gmail.com. William, you've been an absolute star. Thanks, mate. Uh, Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Have a great Cheers. weekend. Yeah.